F your SMART goals. What were you thinking? We're talking about functional SMART goals today on The Working Therapist. Welcome to The Working Therapist, a podcast designed to help you grow in your therapy practice. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. Now here are your hosts, Hayden Bolick and Kirstie Miles. So Kirstie, as the teaser said, we're talking about F your SMART goals, <laughs> but, which sometimes we do want to really take these SMART goals and you can throw them out the window, right? Goal writing, goal writing can be so difficult sometimes, right? Even 30 years in, it's very difficult sometimes. But they have to be functional. And really, that's what we're talking about today. Functional SMART goals. Well, let's just review. What's a SMART goal? Let's see if I can name them all. Specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, which also could be reasonable, realistic. You know, sometimes I forget the R one. And time, time-based. So that's what SMART goals stand for. But the thing it leaves out, a goal can be all of those things and it can be like the worst goal ever. Cause I've written goals that are all of those things and they are the worst goals ever. I've, I mean, I've looked back at them, I'm like, what was I thinking that day? She was, because it's, you gotta make sure it's functional, mm-hmm. right? A lot of times parents, when you ask them, what do you want us to work on with your child? Like we're coming to you for a new auth. We know the child still needs therapy. What are your concerns? Well, strength. Right. Okay. So Mm -hmm. your concern is strength. Right. Sit-ups, push-ups. And the therapist will take that goal, take that concept, and write a goal that they can do five push-ups on their knees um, in 30 seconds independently. That's all of those. It's specific. It's measurable. It's achievable. It's... um, I guess realistic, reasonable. It's realistic, reasonable, and it's, it's timed. Yep. So it meets all those criteria, but we're missing one key component. Right. Functional. Functional. What is doing a push-up doing? For yourself. I mean, sure, he might get stronger, but what does that strength enable him to do? Yeah. Uh, That's the problem we run into all the time. And honestly, insurance companies, they don't buy into that whole uh, push-up thing at all. You know, the example thing. You know, like, so, okay, great, he can do 10 push-ups. Well, big whoop. What does that mean for his life and world? So, I mean, it does help you to be able to do those push-ups and the strength and all that, but what can he do now six months from now that he couldn't do six months ago because he did all those push-ups? So the push-ups really is more therapeutic intervention. It is. It is so not the goal. We shouldn't have those things in our goal plan. That's an in- intervention. Same kind of thing with like jaw strength for speech. Yes. You know, our yep. intervention would be to chew 10 times on one side and right. chew 10 times on another. What is that helping them to do? Right. It to- I mean, if you so they can do that, but then they still can't chew or bite through a cracker. They still can't isolate their tongue from their jaw. You so gotta- the goal is to be yep. the child is going to be able to bite through a Ritz cracker. Mm-hmm. How many times? How many in or- a session? Or take four ounces of mechanical soft texture of chewing on, you know, be able to form a bolus and swallow. So they can eat. So they can eat, exactly. <laughs> so that would be more functional because, again, even if you do the take the push-up goal thing, okay, so as a therapist, I may work on the jaw chewing thing in therapy, right? But then I'm going to immediately apply it to the real life functional outcome of the goal. So we're working, we're warming up the jaw, we're working on the chewing, the strength in the jaw and that kind of thing. So now let's apply it to a real life Ritz cracker, right? So we're going to use Ritz crackers and do that in the session. But I had to do the jaw strengthening for all kinds of reasons before we did that. Same thing for the push-ups. You might do the push-ups in therapy, but then how are you going to apply what he's doing, the strength of the push-ups to the real life functional outcome goal? 
Let's think just for a second about adults. I know mm -hmm. we do peds here. Let's just think for adults, I, right? I'm going to try, but it's not going to be that easy. <laughs> <laughs> so you go to outpatient for adults, and you're doing squats, and you're doing bridges, and you're doing some core stability stuff. Right. Why? Because I need to be able to pick my toddler up from the floor. Right. So I need lifting mechanics. I need all those things as the intervention to be able to lift my 25-pound toddler up from the floor safely without hurting my back. Yeah, exactly. The outcome is to be able to pick up that toddler. Now, we run through a list of exercises in therapy to target the muscles that are weak so that you can do that functionally, safely, and not get hurt. Now, we're talking peds and adults, two vastly different things. Mm. <laughs> yes, yes. Yep. But we but, need to carry that mindset over to our pediatric population. Right. You know, this. I mean, how many goals have you seen where a child will... Uh, maintain a plank for 30 seconds, whatever. Now, there's so many reasons and good reasons to do a plank. Very good reasons. But to maintain a plank, how are you going to apply that to core stability? And then now, functionally, what can they do as a result of their core being stronger? That's the goal. I love that one because I do see that one. So I talk to OTs a lot of times about digging a little bit deeper. Hey, they can only sit at the table for two minutes before they're laying their head down on the table. So if mm -hmm. you take that into the school world, yep. right? Yep. Child's not a behavior issue. They keep pretty quiet. But to the teacher that's up at the front, when I can only maintain posture for two minutes and then I lay my head down on the table, well, they're disengaged. I'm writing them off, right? They're not a behavioral challenge. I got 25 kids in my class. He's not paying attention. Right. He might very well be paying attention, but he gets brushed under the rug because he's not a behavioral challenge in class. He's not disruptive. So functionally, we work on the planks. Mm -hmm. We work on back extensions and supermans, all types of intervention. And you so may that, give those as a home program. Sorry to interrupt right? you, but you may give them. Yeah. Okay. So that the outcome can be, I can sit at the table for five minutes or 10 minutes to do a sustained tabletop activity before taking a rest period or losing my postural control. Exactly. Yeah. So they can write their name. Because if you're laying down on the desk, you can't. It's hard for you to see the board and see your paper and all, and read out of the book at the and same copy. time. All that stuff. Very very hard to do all. And surprise, I've seen a decent number of kids who have that trouble in the school. Like no lie, legit. So if we go through each one of these things, smart, measurable, achievable, relevant, time bound or timed goals, and then we talk about how to make each one of them functional. So we could take one goal and sort of think about that and make it into like how we would switch it around to make it. You know, okay. So if we have a goal, so let's do for plank. So the child will maintain a plank for 30 seconds, right? Let's just take that one. I can, that's a good PT or OT goal. Not so much speech, but if you've talked to the speech therapist and their voice quality is really poor or they're not able to, maybe they're real breathy or maybe maybe their articulation is real poor, their posture's terrible. Yeah. If you're hunched over at the table, yeah. you can't, like I'm having to, I'm doing it right now as we're talking. <laughs> and so I'm hunched over, like I can't get but a couple words out before I have to take a breath, but I can't even get a full breath in because my posture's so poor. So I'm having to sit up so I can breathe so that I can get a sentence out. And if your core is real weak, then another thing you may do is also stack your head with your shoulders and that kind of thing, which does affect articulation. And, to, and for, in terms of like, so some of those kids that you've got that are maybe in isolation, that sounds just fine, but then in words and you know, sentence and everything and, and connected speech, they fall apart and they're completely unintelligible. Some of it could be related to core and all that. So specifics, you want the child to be able to maintain an upright posture. So instead of the plank, child maintain an upright posture 
here. I'm writing the goals we speak, Kirsty. So child will maintain an upright posture so that they can sustain, I guess, like you said before, attention to task or be able to sustain um, upright posture at a table for five minutes. To do what? Sustain upright posture at a table for five minutes to copy far point, near point. So we're going to challenge you to take a goal that would be an intervention because we do see a lot of goals that are written as interventions. So if the intervention was to do a plank for 30 seconds, okay. Right, which Uh is specific. It is measurable. It fits all that. Mm Because it's 30 seconds timed. But we want to challenge you to make it functional. Okay. So what does being able to hold a 30 second plank do in the real world? So just to say you can do so we already so if we are think about what the child can and can't do so right now the child is having trouble with like um, getting their homework done they're having difficulty with their handwriting in class they're also the teacher is always saying to the parent oh they're never paying attention they're never paying attention Um, they're not getting their homework done they're not getting their classwork done and the teacher is always telling the parent the child is laying on the desk all the time so then you do your assessment right and you're like gosh this kid's core strength is the pits and so maybe they can only maintain upright posture at the table for um and we're talking like a five or six year old now seven year old Mm -hmm. two um, minutes for two minutes they can do two minutes two minutes all right but that's not enough time for the teacher to explain what she's working on for the child to then write their name how they're supposed to so we need a realistic goal so we need a child that functionally they can sit at the table with correct posture Mm -hmm. so they're not laying on the table they're not slumped over for a five minute period because Mm -hmm. that you know when we ask the teacher in the classroom how long is this activity roughly well it's about seven minutes okay well that might be a little far stretched to get to in a six month period so let's cut it back and make it measurable to five Five minutes, okay? So we're a little bit closer to being there, but not all the way because we've got to break it down into stuff that they can achieve in a reasonable amount of time. So I'm hitting more of my markers for making this a SMART goal, right? Yep. Sometimes people are inclined to write the goal for the plank, but we're saying instead the plank is the intervention. So the goal is they maintain the upright posture at the table for five minutes. So to complete a written assignment or something, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Now this child may also have some handwriting weakness they have some hand weakness i would I guess they're probably got if you think proximal or distal they probably got i was weakness. just gonna take this back to our push-up goal okay we'll do it then because <laughs> right, you know they got some other stuff happening if they can't right if they've posture. got core weakness you mm-hmm. know your shoulders are right there considered part yes. of the core so yeah. we can't do our handwriting task we have messy handwriting we can't stay in the lines the therapist has identified that they're weak in the core and the shoulder girdle right we can't have distal mobility of handwriting if we don't have the proximal stability to maintain that so the outcome the functional skill is the handwriting how are we going to get there we need to do some push-ups yep we need to get that stronger we need those aren't the arm strength the shoulder girdle strengthening so that we can do the handwriting so you would do the goal for the push-ups the goal would be instead they'll like you said the shoulder strengthen the shoulder girdle for How would you write the goal instead? Did you say it? The child will be able to grasp the pencil and write the four letters of his name without taking a rest break um, over three consecutive sessions. So that gives all the measurable features. It's specific. It's the letters that he's going to write because we'll put his name on the Right. And he's (laughs) going to write it on a piece of paper at a table. That's specific. Mm -hmm. Measurable. Four letters. And then achievable. That's achievable. He can get done. Relevant. It's the issue. He needs to be able to write his name. God bless his little heart. And then time bound. He, well, I mean, not 30 minutes. 
the ti- the time sensitive piece is yeah. the four letters, the measurable component yeah. of, um, and and the auth period being like a six month auth period. So yeah. in a six months of time, we're going to be able to do this. Knowing from yeah. a perspective of it takes twelve weeks to change muscle strength or range of motion, we've got six months of auth because not tied into that is yeah. the actual fine motor development and the visual motor component of writing. So we've got both of those things to address in that goal, but we've identified the intervention that we're doing the push-ups. And by making the goal functional, like we just talked about for both of those two, then the parent, uh, if the goal is the plank and the goal is the push-up, right, then you're going to give home programs every single week to the parent that has to do with plank and the push-ups. But the parent doesn't understand the big picture of why they can't do the, they just know they not can't write their name and they can't pay attention in school. That's why they're there. You know, the teacher said, look, this kid can't get his math homework done right. or reading or science or anything else. And this, and they're falling behind. That's why the parent's there to see you. So, or the parents, all the child's self-esteem is the pits because on the playground, they can't keep up with all the little friends and doing whatever hopscotch and monkey bars or do people even do that anymore, but whatever, they can't do it. So, or in gym class or anywhere else. That's why they're there. And so if your goal is the core and the push-ups, then the parents are like, well, that's not why I'm here. I don't care if they could do a core, a plank thing or a push-up. I said, keep saying core, but you know what I mean? Plank thing or push-ups. That's not why I'm here. So you can't keep that parent buy-in. So if your goal is functional, along with all the smart stuff, it matters. Then that's how you also keep the parent engaged. And that sets you up for constantly telling the parent, here's why we're doing this. Here's why we're doing this. Here's why we're doing this. We're doing the planks today. He did it for 20 seconds. You know, as we keep working on that, then the core strength is better. And he was able to write one letter of his name. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. God bless. I hope his name is like, like Egbert or something, you know, like just like Sam. I hope it's not some long whatever anyway if it is okay so um so that so I think this is good right Mm -hmm. so give us one more example before we wrap up yeah I see a lot of times PTs will write a goal for single leg stance yes god bless your heart patient can stand on a foot for you know single leg stance for five seconds speech therapists never do anything like that no not a leg single leg stance i'm, I'm j- joking we have our own issues but go ahead let's talk about the pt issues but why today. are you doing that so because <laughs> I, I, what what are the deficits out there in the world and why do we need because we don't go we're not we're not flamingos I, nobody's standing around on one leg all the time nope not happening no. so <laughs> functionally how is it impacting <laughs> <laughs> it's just a funny visual. Go ahead. You're yeah. picturing flamingos. I am. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. But functionally, what does it impact? If the child can't kick a ball to play in gym class yep. to run with his friends, that's a reason to work on single limb stance. But again, it's the intervention. If a child can't go up and down a curb, there's a phase of simple, single leg stance to safely negotiate curb heights. Yeah. So if you don't have a rail to hold on to, or if they can do it, but you add the weight of a backpack, that throws off their center of mass and now we need to get up and down a curb because we're at school but we keep tripping and falling or we have to put our hands down and we're six to be able to negotiate the curb now you have a functional reason or they can't put their pants on in the morning right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. single leg stance so the goal then is that the child will be able to maintain single leg stance for five seconds to don a pair of pants, get one leg in a pair of pants because we don't jump in. 
to our pants. <laughs> that's another funny visual, but yeah, no, no. Um, or a or lot of those maintain right single leg stance to uh, n- manipulate curbs or yeah. to manipulate up or down yeah. curb or, or whatever. Negotiate curb heights mm-hmm. with a backpack donned. Mm-hmm. So because and the baseline would be that they're putting their hands down to bear walk up and down the stairs, and right. their friends are like, "Oh, look at look at Johnny. Let's see, he goes up the step weird." Yeah, yeah. it's life changing when a child could who not maybe couldn't play kickball or if they do they do kickball nowadays on the uh, whatever anyway some sport where you kick soccer i don't know something on the playground and now they can participate with their friends that's life changing that's huge i mean that's then that's really why we do what we do right but the goal is the functional part of the goal not just the maintain single leg stance right you're missing half the you're missing the why are you doing what you're doing you're missing the outcome you did the what but why? Why? Mm-hmm. And the functional part of the SMART goal is F your SMART goal. <laughs> <laughs> that means functionalize your SMART goals. That's what I meant by F your SMART goals. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. Thank you, Kiersey. That was good. I appreciate it. That was really, that's good stuff. I think that's very helpful. Very helpful for us all to hear again. And hope you found that helpful as well. We will catch you next time on another episode of The Working Therapist. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. For more information or to contact us, visit us online at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com.